0: One day God will reveal it to us. But since yesterday through today, I just feel like things are just off-kilter. And I'm talking about in our world. The world that's surrounding me that I'm in. Maybe it's not in some other place, but stuff is just not lining up right Right. And it just seems like, um, I don't know, everything is a struggle. Things are not functioning as normal. And I'm talking about according to the world system, not even according to God, because obviously we're not functioning the way the Lord would have us to function. I'm just talking about what the world is accustomed to. I feel like things are just off quite a bit in our world. And I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is, but something. All of yesterday and some of today, I'm saying, "Mm, what is it, Lord? What is it? But something is just amiss right now. And so, I don't know, but we just have to keep trusting the Lord and seek him. Amen. Well, let's stand, and we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. It's good to see everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. When you're moving in the spirit, it's, it's pretty good. To, I, I would say it's, it's pretty clear sometimes. When things are not moving right. You just can tell. And I just can tell something is not the way it needs to be. And I don't know. We, we have to do a better job, which is what I'm going to talk about tonight anyway. We have to do a better job in, in helping to reach our world. If, if we can realize how they have no hope. If we can realize how much they are
1: deceived,
0: they, they are just in oblivion, oh, man. Yes. Anytime I get a chance to just interact with folks in the world, I just do it because I want to know where they are. You know, as smart as we are, mm-hmm. nothing is making a difference in our world. Still people that are lost. Still people that are deceived. Still people that even the ones that we would think as the Bible like that help us understand. Even the ones that you think are really smart. You're like, we're not that smart. And that's not to disparage anyone. It's just what you know from the Word of God. That you're looking into the Word of God and then you're having conversations. You're interacting with others and you're saying, Man, God you would think it would be a lot different now, but I don't know. We're getting smarter, but we're not getting closer to Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're, getting, we're, we're more intelligent, but it still don't seem like we are as intelligent. For as much as information and knowledge is ready and available to us, I would think that we would be super smart, so to speak. But, man, I talk to people all the time. You know, one of the things that I've experienced, you ready for this one? as soon as you begin to speak directly into a situation, somebody's situation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they really become come on. what's the best word? I, they, they, they become defensive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They
0: shut down. Yeah. They, they, because, because nobody wants to be challenged. Yep. Nobody wants to know the truth.
1: Right.
0: And when you come directly at them and even if you're coming in a nice way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday
0: I was talking to someone on the phone, um, bills people. And I don't owe a lot of bills. But I just what's happening. to talk to the person. And I'm listening to the person go through their spiel. and Go through their spiel, go through their spiel. And of course I'm listening and I'm saying, it's not making sense. It's not making sense. And I listen carefully and then just ask one question. They go straight to the heart of the matter. And the person, well, Mr. Wyatt, all I can tell you, I said, and I said to her, I said, you just shut down on me. You just became defensive on me because I must have said something that either rattled you or made you uncomfortable or just put you in a place of just didn't know what to tell me. I said, just don't worry about it. Don't you let that get you off kilter. Don't you let that get you frustrated. I said, we're going to have a discussion today. Don't worry about it. Don't just let that make you now, from now on, a Mr. Wyatt on the phone. I'm not just Mr. Wyatt. Let's just talk. And by the time we were done, super. But the point is I had the experience that I'm talking about, which is when you just try to go at things straight and can't handle it. So I'm I'm asking what? If we're so intelligent and we're so And we have all this information and we know all that we know, why don't we get rattled like we do? And it's just one answer. We don't have Jesus. Mm -hmm. We don't have Jesus. Because when you have Jesus and he's on your side, you don't get rattled like well, you shouldn't get rattled like that. Because as they come at you, you just you just take your time and you listen and you just respond. And if you don't know, when you have Jesus, it should be easy to say, you know what? I don't know. Let's pray tonight and ask God to help us. Our world needs us, church. Our world needs us. You might think that you don't have any major contribution to give to our world. You might think you need to learn the word of God more. You might think you need this or that in God. And I'm here to tell you that is not true. What you have right now, right where you are, is enough to help our world. Amen. What you have right now, not what you're going to get, not, not what God is going to give to you, what you have right now is good enough to give to the people of our world that need Jesus. You don't have to get any smarter. You don't have to get any more intellectual. You don't have to take any more courses. Now, I'm not telling you not to do those things. I'm just telling you right now what you have, you can offer to our world, and it will be better for them than what they're getting from other places. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and for coming together one more time. We are your people and the sheep of your pastor. Lord Jesus, we humble ourselves tonight under the mighty hand of God. We submit to your authority that your authority may rule and reign over us and in us, Lord God. Lord, we're grateful tonight that we can come together and study a word and learn of you and be, oh God, equipped by you. And oh God, have an experience with you tonight. The Spirit of God being, oh God, ministering to us tonight and us, Lord God, having fellowship. Oh God, I pray tonight that you'll help us to move in the realm of the Spirit in a dimension where we have not been. Lord, Will you do something miraculous in us, Lord God, that we will not be afraid, that we will not be shy, but, God, that we will be bold, that we will have faith and go into our world shining this bright light of faith, shining this bright light of the gospel, that, Lord, we will be courageous and bold, loving and kind, but sharing the word of God, a word you, except you speak to us and you read us. Except- of the scriptures of oh God. challenge yourself I'm going to do the same challenge yourself to start doing things or doing something in Christ different than what you have been doing Yourself. We've been in just kind of living our same routine as a Christian, just continue on. And we don't deviate from it. Which means if God wants to do something through you, he probably can't.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's be honest with ourselves now. Let's let, let's don't look at nobody else. If God want to do something special through you, can he do it? If you just keep on following your routine and you never deviate, you always do it the way you do it. You always kind of move the way you always move. You just always dominated by your thinking, how you think that God wants you to do. If you just live your life that way, can God use you to do something miraculous?
1: Mm. Remember
0: I told you the other day, this was the cold procedure, and We're praying, God, touch your body, blah, 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 before all of that. And the doctor showed us some things that was wrong within her body and said, this part is not working anymore and there's nothing that they can do about it.
1: And and, and,
0: and it was a Tuesday morning. I was praying and the Lord says, you're going to ask me to do something about it. And I told you how I felt about that. Tuesdays, I normally... Go into the office in Philadelphia to work. Sister Cole is in New Brunswick. I go to work that day, and and it just couldn't leave me. And I said, I'm getting my oil when I get home from work. I'm getting off the train. I'm going to get in my car, drive home. I'm just going to pick up my oil, and I'm going to drive to New Brunswick, to Robert Wood, and I'm going to do what the Lord has challenged me to do. But my routine is, no, I'm not going to no New Brunswick. I'm not going anywhere after I get off work. When you ride an hour to work, you work, you come back an hour, and you get home. You just want to be home, relaxing for a little bit. You know, I'm always, I am always always have time to prepare for ministry. So, so why would I want to go to New Brunswick? Oh, the Lord can hear my prayers right here when I sit in my office and pray. Sure he could. But I just knew what was in my heart, what I had to do. And so I went. And I went through the rigmarole of, you know, all the system that they have in place at the hospitals now and went and prayed. Some stuff happened, nothing bad, where they, you know, they took her in to do the procedure and they were supposed to do two procedures. They did one and they couldn't do the second one. When they came back now for the second one, they said, "I don't think we need to do the second one <laughs> because what we think thought was wrong, it's not the same way anymore. The, Amen. Latin, it the oh, way we yeah. it ain't the same way anymore.
1: It
0: ain't the same way anymore. So we can't. We so they're waiting. Here's what they've been doing. They've been waiting to see if they still need to do the second one because in their mind, again, you know how things work in in in, 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 the, in the science." Um, um, feel you know and in, and in, in medicine the healthcare in their mind we know what we saw.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yes.
0: So how could this be? Mm-hmm. So let's give it some time to see if the videos or whatever we took is just wasting time or 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 is it just you know it's not working right or whatever. And so you know they've given it a time to see if they need to go back in. Mm-hmm. Well, so far they don't have to go back in to do the second procedure.
1: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm
0: all all in with the stuff that God does. I know what he means. You know that. But my point in all of this is, can we come out of ourselves so he can use us? It's never about what he can do. It's never about if he's powerful. But it's the thing about he wants to work through us. Uh, That's the thing. He wants to work through us. And so, but if we just every day wake up and follow our routine, how is he going to work through us? As opposed to wake up and say, God, I'm not concerned about my routine. I'm concerned about how you're going to lead me today. I'm concerned about when you're going to take me today. I want to be ready, and if you're going to inconvenience me, I'm fine, Lord. Just direct me where I need to go, what I need to do. But if you live on your routine of your life, yes. you have limited how God can utilize you yes. in the kingdom of God. Yes. And that's not God's will for your life. Oh. That you have your routine so locked in that all God can do is just work through how you follow your routine. Oh. I don't want that. God has a lot of things He want to do in this earth. And it's really up to the church. If we would just surrender and make ourselves pliable and flexible and do the things that are uncomfortable for us.
1: Yes. Yes. He can do what he
0: needs to do, but we don't want to be uncomfortable.
1: No.
0: Amen. We got to become uncomfortable for God. Remember, I've told you a long time ago, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Yes. If you stay comfortable, it means your knowledge and your understanding of God hasn't changed. Because God made it this way, that in order for you to really come to understand him more, you're going to have to be involved with him. Mm, So if you are not being uncomfortable, you're not growing. The same knowledge you had last year, same knowledge you have this year. You might you know, flex like you have different knowledge, but I'm telling you, until you feel like you're uncomfortable it ain't happening
1: yes, Lord. Amen. It ain't happening Amen.
0: sister Hasker told me the other day uh, she's just been so tremendous with all this stuff that we're doing in the background that some of you might not be able to see you'll see some of her work um, this Sunday but she has been doing a lot of things in the background and I was telling her how I appreciate her and she said in response that I've never what did she say I would have to look at my text but just to uh, paraphrase what she said she says, I've never grown this much in God in my life Amen. Amen. the point is she's been stretched and became uncomfortable and starting to learn gifts and talents that God has put into her that she didn't know she had in her
1: Right.
0: but if you stay in your zone and do your thing you won't understand the gifts and talents that God has already given you. And so you're not realizing it because you just keep doing head on just your routine, how you live, just the things you like and the things I don't like, I leave that alone. You just keep doing that and you will never get to experience the gifts and talents that God has has already put in you and what you can do. You are one powerful person in God. Yeah. All you have to do is make yourself to become uncomfortable for a little bit. That's the journey that we're always going to be on with Christ. Yes, every yes, once sir. in a while we'll plateau for a little bit and we'll be in a comfort zone for a little bit, meaning you're just accustomed to the routine that you're following. But if you. Continue that way and continue to seek God and say, whatever you want, God, there is going to come a time when he's going to just, you know, begin to mess things up a little bit now to get you out of that. But if you've been cruising for a long time, no point. No boy, No, point. no point.
1: Yes.
0: Let's read the text we've been reading for the last couple of weeks. We're still on our series, The Call. Luke chapter 5, verse number 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Right, Tom?
1: Draft.
0: I've been saying draw. Tom said he looked up the word it says draft, like draft beer. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, you know what's interesting about that? There's not a lot of place in... Um, Studying in the scriptures where it gives you a pronunciation for that word. I normally look up pronunciation on on words and I looked around and you can't even find the word too much in the dictionaries of the Bible. But draft is what the man of God said it is. Verse 5. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had... This done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their neck break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships, to land, They forsook all and followed him. I just can't get over it. There's so much in that. You may be seated. There's so much in that. It says he, Jesus told them to launch out in the deep. And we can go ahead and talk about that for a long extended period of time. That That if you're going to really do something in the kingdom, you're going to have to launch out into the deep. Maybe some of us have been just chartering in shallow waters. Maybe we haven't gone further out enough to be able to get involved. I know for certain that if you study the word of God, you will see that God always did major things when there were a crowd of people. Because his intent always was to reveal who he was to us. And so whatever he does, he's trying to reach as many people as possible. So he, again, showed a principle that he goes by. He told Peter to launch out into the deep. So in my estimation, where Peter was, nothing was happening there. And so we have to ask ourselves sometimes, where we are on a daily basis, what is there? If, if, if our routine, back to that routine thing, if our routine every day is we do the same thing and we get around the same people and we have somehow ministered to them, then guess what? We need to launch out into deeper waters. That water is shallow and we're not able to reach anything there. So we need to go someplace else and reach out in deeper waters. So the question is, where have we been casting our net? If we've been casting our net in shallow water, and usually it's apparent where we don't pull no fish in, it means we've been casting our net in shallow waters. We've been casting our net where there are no fishes. Uh So if I live my life as a Christian, just always following the roots of convenience for my life and never going outside of my roots of convenience, then guess what? I'll never be able to encounter the power of God like we want to or we think we should a lot of times I'm included in this when we're trying to get someplace, we're more focused on getting to the place and we never stop to look around to see what's all around us as we're getting to the place and so whatever gets in our way we get a little frustrated because we're so focused on getting to where we want And I got to tell you tonight, maybe the Holy Ghost is trying to get us to realize some of the things that's crossing our path, that's slowing us down, that's getting in our way. It's not to slow us down. It's not to get us in our way, but it's for us to look at the environment we're in. It's for us to look out and realize, oh, there's some fishes out here. Let me stop and cast my net as opposed to just go by the draft. stop right there and cast our net and see what we can pull in from right there we need to start going out launching out into the deep and casting our net
1: Amen. Amen.
0: <laughs> alright let me say this to you Jesus did not come speaking random facts and regurgitated information he was just not a, another preacher some of us have gone to many services, and we say, yeah, I heard that before. Yeah, I heard that broken down like that before. And so just regurgitation of what we've heard before. Jesus didn't come regurgitating what we've all, what they have heard before. His message brought transformation. And that's why when I see people and I get to talk to them, I realize they need a transformation. They, they need a transformation. Today, I had an opportunity to be in line waiting to go into some place and I behind a, a, a lawyer he was a a lawyer of um um workmen comp and stuff like that you know employee stuff and he said he did a little bit of criminal law and so we're shooting the breeze and i'm listening to him talk and he was very intelligent obviously he's a lawyer he was sharp but i still said he needs jesus
1: yes, yes he
0: does. because when you know jesus it doesn't matter how sharp i am telling you church I learned the early time in my walk with God when I got saved and started living for Christ. I watched how God promoted me on my job and allowed me to go around people that were so far superior to me educationally. But when we sat down and began to discuss project matters, when we sat down and began to discuss processes and, and business strategy, they had nothing on me. As a matter of fact, I had my bosses that said, We gotta bring Wayne with us wherever we go, because it's just something about him when he opens his mouth and begin to speak to our client, they get locked in.
1: Yeah
0: because there's just something about you as a Christian. I'm telling you when you become a man of God woman of God and you walk into this purpose that God has for you, you are so, so powerful you can do the things that you cannot even imagine yeah. but you're selling yourself short Right. because if you really believe that you're that powerful you will begin to walk about and move about like I'm up to something because God is up to something. So if God up for something because yeah. God is working his work through us Amen. are you drawn to the scriptures or driven to them by obligation mm-hmm. this is a challenge for all of us because didn't this. <laughs> life is so funny life is so funny 25 years ago preachers had to kind of force you to do stuff and you didn't mind some of you because different generation out here (laughs) but anyway 25 years ago you you came to church to be told what to do and you were like tell me what i need to do and it was all good and now we're in an era where if the preacher preached too hard people said i ain't going back to that church he must be out of his mind talking to me like i'm his child so 25 years later, we're saying, he better not talk to me like that. 25 years ago, we're saying, preach on to me, preacher. So what does the preacher do now? What does the preacher do now? The point is, you need to be drawn to the things of God. If what you're relying on is every time we come together for Bible study or every time we come together for church service, you need the preacher to kind of command and tell you you need to do this or to try to teach and articulate That's wonderful that we have great teaching. That's great that we have great preaching and all of that stuff. But we still have to be drawn to the word of God on our own. If all we're looking for to motivate us is from the pulpit, we're going to be in trouble. And I'm here to tell you, when you become fishers of men, the pulpit is not what motivates you. You know what motivates you when you become fishers of men? When you begin to speak to somebody and they say, tell me more about Jesus. When you begin to tell somebody about how Jesus changed your life. And they say, tell me more. When you begin to tell them how God can work in their life. And they say, tell me more. When they say, well, what about what they do in church when they talk in tongues? What does that mean? And you can tell them, tell me more. When you're when you're ministering and you're reaching people, that's what drives you. Not right. the pulpit. Right. Amen.
1: That's good. That's, good. that's good. And so there's a lot of
0: people that this is driving them. No bueno. No bueno. It starts here. But but by like three to five years into your walk with Christ. Reaching the lost, being fishers of men, gotta be the thing that drives you. Not what God can do for you. Because it's just like what I just told you. When 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 I got the news saying that Sister Cole's situation where the doctors thought there was no hope, that now all of a sudden it's changed. I'm not I rejoice because I just want to give God praise. Yeah. But I just walked away. I, I kinda I don't know how this works, and maybe I got checked check that with God and this is it's legit. But when 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 God showed me what he does, I just walk away with my shoulder broad. I'm like, Yes, sir.
1: It's
0: my God. I walk I walk away kind of braggadocious because it's almost like that's my God. I, I know he can do it and he did it. I, 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 I'm not oh wow, Lord.
1: Than else. Yes.
0: Amen. I don't know if that's the right response. But that's what I feel. When God does something, I just sit back and say, and sometimes all I can do when he does things, I, I just go back and say, man, God, forgive me for just not being better at making myself, avail- making myself available and, and not going after doing your will because God is just waiting on us. Yes, is. that's all it is he wants to do a great work in the earth but all we can think about is the pulpit and all we can think about is what god can do for us yes. church after our second and third and fifth year in church we need to be saying what can we do for the kingdom yes. we can't keep looking around saying what does god what can god do for us i told you even with churches Us as pastors have to do a better job than what we do in leading our churches and stop letting the church keep looking around as to what we can get for ourselves. That that, that should not be once you get to be a part of the family of God and you know God has saved you, obviously. God has given you a spirit. You're talking tongues. God has done great things in your life. Now you've got to say, God, you have been so good to me. What can I do to be good to you? supposed to be normal, that when someone has done good for you and good to you, your response should be God for this. No, I got a little issue. What I got to battle with, I don't know some of you got to battle with this. What I got to be battling with is, would I be living real good or would I be not be living real good? That's what I think about. How would I really be living? Will life just be awesome? Will I have all the material things that I wanted? Or would I be sick? And when I started to think about those things, I just smile Because guess what? We don't know. And thank God we don't know. Yes. Because the truth of the matter is no matter what you think, it may not be what it would have been. Amen. Yeah. 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 No matter what you think. And in my mind, I know I always wanted to own a little restaurant. A little 25-seat restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I come on. I that that I can do that in my sleep and it would be the best thing around In my sleep. that's
1: yes, right. If I ever put
0: a restaurant out there, best thing around it. Couldn't touch it. They'd be breaking out of doors and coming every day. And I'll close on certain i close on Sundays. Like Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but
1: anyway.
0: I start thinking, you know, how would I be living? What kind of house would I be living in? You know, you know, when I own that restaurant, I start thinking about all those things. And I smile because I say, God, I have no clue. Mm. I have no clue. Because no matter what you think, no matter how sharp you think you are, no matter how much you think, oh, I would be, you don't really know. Because would what, what there, there have been some sickness that would have came in my body that God's been keeping me from since I've been in the kingdom? But we don't know. And so every time my mind goes to what would I be like if I didn't have Christ because you want to tell yourself you'll be successful no matter what you're doing. You want to tell yourself life will be good for you no matter what you're doing. And then I have to just, then I smile and walk away and say, I don't know. And guess what? I'm positive that there's no life that can be better than this life in Christ, so I'm doing it. I'm doing it.
1: That,
0: that, that's how you can deal with the devil, because flesh working your flesh telling you you know you'd be you, you would have done good and you would have been prosperous and your flesh keep talking and telling you oh man you know you sharp blah 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 mm-hmm. and you just smile because you're like i know god better than i know my flesh right. i know god better than i know this world and the bottom line is i could deceive myself and thinking that I would be great but it ain't nothing greater than being in christ and so whatever I'm experiencing in Christ, there is no way, here's the caveat, there is no way if I wasn't in Christ, my life could be better. No, no way. No way. No way. Absolutely. So no matter where the mind might take you, no matter, no matter where your flesh may take you, just know that no matter what you are doing right now, however you're living right now, you could not be any better off out of Christ. That you are now in Christ. Don't let the devil fool you. You don't fool yourself. The Lord Jesus will sometimes remove things you and I will not give to him.
1: Mm. 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 What
0: might the Lord be calling you to forsake? Because he wants to work through you, but you just keep on doing your thing, and God wants you to let go of something so he can work in your life what is it that you need to let go of what is it that you need to forsake to follow Jesus completely but you're holding on Hmm. Peter, James John, Andrew they show us how to be disciples the correct way and that was to forsake all they left it all on the beach (laughs) They walked away from an income that landed them above most wage earners back in those days. They left behind a social identity as an established businessman with a great reputation and a financial future. They left that. How many of us can leave that? But guess what? We have to leave something behind to follow Jesus. You cannot follow Jesus and be holding on to a whole bunch of stuff that you had before Jesus called you. Today, Jesus calls his disciples to forsake all. When he called the fishermen, he did not say, what would you like to give up to follow me? Mm. Mm. Amen. I'm telling you. We got to stop thinking this thing too much and just do what we're supposed to do. We think this thing out so much that it just cripples us. Yeah. Trying to live for God but you know I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to mm-hmm. do this and I got to do that mm-hmm. and the truth of the matter is God don't care about all of that stuff that you're worried about when he says come he means come
1: yes yes, yes. 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 yes, yes. Amen.
0: how could he be God if he can't take care of you when he tells you come
1: right. how, how, would, how,
0: how would that look on him he's calling himself the sovereign God if, if when he calls you, he needs you to still hustle on the side. <laughs> he needs you he needs to still do your little thing to keep some money in your pocket. What kind of God would he be? Don't you understand that when he calls you, he's going to take care of every aspect of your life? Every aspect of your life is what He will take care of when He calls you. There is no area of your life God will not take care of when He says, "Come on, yes. follow Me." Yeah. So why are we afraid to give stuff up? And when you really get to know Him, you really realize there's some things that you've been holding on to that is really getting your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Listen. I'm just kind of going by the Spirit of God here tonight.
1: Come on, go ahead.
0: I really get to the place where I understand, and this, this comes up all the time in my mind, the scriptures that say how hard it is for a rich man to go to heaven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. However, especially in this area, we're living our life to attain and obtain The very thing that he says will keep us from out of heaven. It seems like it's the very thing we're striving for. I don't think most of us are doing what we do to just live. I think a lot of us in the Northeast especially are doing a lot of things to compile, to get more, to, 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 to establish a reputation. To say look at me oh, to say I've lived and accomplished something. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Listen to me. Let me say it this way. Izzy, if you become rich to the point where you got everything that you need, and you got so much riches that you even giving it away, and you living good and you doing your thing and even done some good in the world with your riches, and all I am is is a faithful saint of God that lives in a two-bedroom house that I paid rent for. And I drive me an old Toyota Corolla. But guess what? Every day I'm on my knees. Every day I'm calling on the name of the Lord. Guess what? Every day I'm going to see who I can reach, who I can touch teaching Bible studies, and leading people to Christ. If all I had was a two-bedroom apartment that I rented, drive my old Toyota Corolla, and just have enough every day, and you balling the way you balling and helping out society, I still got you beat in God's eyes. Because because God is not concerned with riches. God is not concerned with the material things that we will store up. God is not concerned with what we can achieve, what kind of name recognition we can have in this world. God is concerned about the name recognition we will have in heaven. God is concerned about how we will labor together with him to reach the lost. And that's what God is concerned about. But somehow we're trapped in a situation where we're doing our best to say, I'm going to make me a reputation in this world. So people know I've
1: accomplished
0: something. Yes. I told Brother Scarlett this morning, I was talking to him. I said, listen to me. All of us, just those of us that are here tonight, those of us that are um, too many, understand this. Don't you be shy right now. We're going to launch our stewardship campaign um, I'm, I'm service Saturday, 12 noon at the Marriott. Don't you be shy in walking up to somebody that says, Will you invest in helping us with the vision that we have for our church? We can use some of your financial help. Don't you be shy about that because you're not asking for it to go in your pocket. i got over that a long time ago. I stand before people to ask them to give unto the Lord. i got over that a long time. I'm not asking you to give me money. I'm asking you to invest in the greatest cause that man will ever know. I'm asking you to invest in what God is doing in the earth. I'm asking you to invest in somebody having eternal life. I'm not going to be shy about that. I'm not going to sit back and sit like, oh, well, you know, I'm afraid. No, I'm coming straight at you. If you don't want to do it, I hear you, and I respect it. It's your money. But I'm not going to be shy with coming straight at you. Because one thing that I do know, everybody, most people, want to be associated yeah. with something that is successful
1: yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. most
0: people want to be associated with something that's successful yeah. right. you heard me said it before you mm-hmm. go around all of the nations go around this nation and look at all of our colleges the current wing the Henry wing the Thomas wing,
1: yes. the
0: Mardin wing, yes. the Jackson wing yes. and they go on and on and on <laughs> the Parker wing and these people are loving it, they're living for that they're living, yeah this, this year I'm going to donate me 10 million to the university and they're hoping that 10 million is going to be the highest donation because if yours not the highest then the wing going to be named up to somebody else yeah. Hear I've heard people. I worked in Princeton for many years, and when it's reunion uh, weekend and and the old timers come back, I hear people dropping sixty million. I mean, I'm hearing the conversation because I'm waiting on them. Sixty million. I'm donating sixty million to the science wing because in their mind, this university is going to be here forever. And when I associate with it and I give something towards it, guess what? I am associated with success that's how they're thinking people that accomplishes things that's how they're thinking but church you and I gotta know better than the world that there is nothing more successful there is nothing more valuable there is nothing that is eternal but the kingdom of God and when we go toward them we gotta let them know you can donate to this this is the greatest cause that they will ever know
1: right. hallelujah
0: we gotta get that in our spirit. Don't you be shy of telling somebody, we'd like for you to invest in the vision of our church. And tell them what the vision is, and tell them what the mission is and tell them what we're after. Because there's nothing greater than this. Amen. All of those wings that are named after family members in Princeton, in rockers you know, all of it, the, the universities in, 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 in Massachusetts. All of what's named, like the family members, all of that. It's just, it's, people are associated with that and they want to be successful to say, look at what we've done. We have established something that will last forever. And people will come to this learning institution for many years and they will know that we contributed to this learning institution. Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. So why are we biting our tongues about the kingdom? Why aren't we spreading this gospel and preaching this word and declaring what God wants to do in the earth? Amen. The university is not shy when they have their meetings. They're not shy. They put it out there. We got to give things up if we want to see. And some of these people, sometimes you see them, man, things are coming, things are coming to Nassau and and they come in, you know what they have on? The the the, the, the 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 orange and blue plaid sports jacket. Got on some slacks, they only not they have nothing. The orange and black, sorry. The, the, the orange and black plaid jacket. I mean, you knew it was from, you know, 1825,
1: 1950,
0: 1921. I mean, they're coming through because you got to realize some people are wearing their granddaddy jacket. They had great, great, granddaddy jacket. And they coming through, and they sitting there, and they talking about, yeah, so and so gave $16 million to the to, 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 to the, you know, the history wing. Yeah. And, and, and we sitting back like we we're afraid? Mm. $1.7 million? Oh, please. Oh, yeah. let, let, let's not let this be a, 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 a thing with you. Just, just, just be quick to just say something to people, because we are doing something in this world that's greater than anything man could ever do we got to leave some things behind to not be weighed down so we can go forward and do the will of God. Many people will not serve the Lord until they have let go of their comfort zone. A lot of us have been stuck in a rut because our comfort zone is so important to us that we just stay stuck in the rut. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyone who loves something more than the Lord will not become all that God wants that person to become. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you might say, no, no, that you know that's true. But you better start thinking about that. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you make yourself more important than the Lord? Because that's where you start. I know we want to get to material things. But the first place you start is, did I make myself more important than God in the way I live my life? Then you go to the material things. Right? How can you How can you tell if you make yourself more important? What you decide you will do and you won't do. Yeah. Mm. You living for God. You can, You don't have that choice. When you're living for God, you don't have a choice to decide what you will and what you won't do that God wants you to do. Right. You don't have that choice. You say, God, whatever you want, that's what I'll do. Right. You don't have the choice. Now, I'm not talking about ungodliness and godliness. I'm not talking about that because we're supposed to live for God and live godly. That's what I'm talking about. All that encompasses in the kingdom, do you decide what you will do and what you won't do? That's where you start. Mm-hmm. If there's something God will ask you to do, and you'll say, oh, God, I don't know about all that. <laughs> because then you have just made yourself more important than God. Mm-hmm. And then if there's something... I can't let go of this. You don't understand how I came by this. You got trouble. Yeah. right? And God will be patient with you. But sooner or later, he will remove it himself. Yeah. Because he cares more about you being saved than you enjoying your little comfort. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: That's what we don't understand. God cares more about us being saved. He loves us so much that he cares more about us being saved than us being comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so if you have to live... 70 years, 80 years, 90 years on this earth uncomfortable, but be comfortable eternally, then God will trade that for you all. Then you might not want to do that. You might not want that, but isn't God want that for us. So if it means that you got to live uncomfortable, if you got to live in certain kind of pain, if you got to live in a certain situation that you don't like on this earth, guess what? It may not be what you want, but guess what? You got to understand you better do what God wants you to do, and if that's what you gotta do for the rest of your life on this earth, you do it because eternity is no joke. Ninety years don't compare with eternity. Seventy years don't compare to eternity. So you gotta make up in your mind that if I gotta be uncomfortable in this world for a amount of time, I'm gonna do it because I wanna be with God in all eternity. Amen. Praise so God. So don't worry about it. Let me tell you a story that I get out of here. So, this husband started going to church. Husband, I said. He began attending church, him and his wife. The husband's heart began to get softened as the Word of God started ministering to him, the Spirit of God started moving. And he opened his heart and he surrenders surrendered his life to God. He was born again. He was baptized in Jesus' name. He was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. His wife began to desire what she had seen with her husband. And so she's like, man, my husband got the Holy Ghost. He's baptized. I want to do that too. She never had a breakthrough. She never received the Holy Ghost and therefore kind of never got baptized. But she wanted what her husband had. Her husband and the pastor gathered together to begin to pray for her, to ask God, whatever it is that's preventing her from receiving the Holy Ghost, from being baptized, Lord, remove that barrier. And so the husband and the pastor meet together and they pray, calling on the name of the Lord, Lord, help her. The Lord spoke to the pastor and told the pastor, the woman loves something more than me. The Lord even went as far as telling the pastor what it was. The Lord told the pastor, The woman loves her horse more than me. Mm-hmm. Wow. The woman's husband was crushed when he heard that because he said, She will never give up that horse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He knew for the pastor to hear, to say that to him, he knew the pastor heard from God. So now he's worried. Because he's like, if that's what's keeping her from getting the Holy Ghost, Mm -hmm. if that's what's keeping her from being baptized in Jesus' name, I never told the pastor about the horse, but now God is following the pastor, and she's never going to give up that horse. Mm. So that's what the husband told the pastor, like, well, forget it. I don't know if she's ever going to, you know, get saved because she's not giving up that horse. And she didn't. (laughs) Husband kept living, serving the Lord. She kept coming, but nothing happened mm-hmm. then one day the horse became sick mm-hmm. and the horse just started laying down in the field mm-hmm. and they got medical attention for the horse but there was no explanation mm-hmm. <laughs> day and night she would sit in the field with the horse trying to nurse the horse back to health but after a few days the horse died when the wife had recovered from the shock and the grief of the death of the horse, she came to church. She got filled with the Holy Ghost. She got baptized in Jesus' name. I know that's a story. But you better learn what that story is about.
1: That,
0: that we, we, can, we can come to church and we can show up. But we've got things that we put before God. And because those things we we put before God, they're hindering us Mm -hmm. from walking our purpose. They're hindering us from being used mightily by God. And we don't realize it's the thing that we put before God. For some people, it can be, I'm never going to talk to that person again. They hurt me. That's a hindrance. That's hindering God from working in your life. For some people, you're bitter against someone. That's a hindrance.
1: Yes.
0: That's a hindrance. Yes. Oh, yes. For some people, you just don't try to have a relationship with people you're supposed to have a relationship. That's a hindrance. Yeah. And so you might think, well, that's a horse. I don't live, I don't love nothing more than that. Yeah. But if you allow something to get between you and God, you might not call it love, but it's a hindrance. And so God wants to work through us to make us fishes of men and women. But guess what? We have to give up everything that can be a hindrance to us to follow Jesus. Jesus called people from all walks of life. So every one of us in here have been called by God. All of us. We cannot experience the full power of the gospel unless we learn to give up what we gotta give up and here's a big one God is gonna call all different kinds of people into his church yeah. and everybody are coming with their personality come on now yeah. do not allow other people's personality to hinder you from being used by God because you don't mesh with their personality Amen. oh we can talk about that all day but i don't have all day but we like to stay away from those who our personality don't mesh with and so now we can't get to do what god wants us to do because we don't mesh with them Amen.
1: Amen.
0: we got to work through that right we got to work through that because if they're in the kingdom of god they want to be saved just like you yes
1: And maybe they get on
0: your nerves a little bit. Maybe they rub you the wrong way a little bit. But the bottom line is, they're in the kingdom just like you are. They want to get to heaven just like you are. Figure out a way to work together to do the will of God. Because we've all been called. You didn't get called and that person didn't get called. We all got called to the kingdom of God. And we need to figure out how to work together. Even though we might not all. all
1: together to do the work of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You don't want me to go deep?
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm, 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 I'm going to go deep and, and, and be done at going deep here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is why sometimes
0: we have a hard time seeing a lot of multicultural that's why we have a hard time yes. seeing diverse churches. Yes. Because what, 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 what culture means is we have a certain way of behavior.
1: Yes.
0: And so we get comfortable in our cultural behavior. Yes. And that's how we want to live our life, in our cultural behavior. So we just dominate every place we go with our cultural behavior. So guess what? Nobody else want to come among you because you only want your culture to shine bright. So you end up having a congregation of one kind of people.
1: Yeah, right. Talk about it. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's
0: true. But it comes from you just want to be who you want to be. And we are Christians and we keep thinking, well, that's not a big deal because people are stick with their own kind. Are you kidding me? How are you going to stick if people stick with their own kind? Are we going to be able to stick with our own kind in heaven? No. No. So how are we going to stick with our own kind? Crazy stuff. That yeah. ain't got nothing to do with the kingdom of God. We have to realize that we have to work together. God called us when we throw out the net and we pull in the fishes. It's a lot of different kind of fish. It ain't the same kind of fish. It's a lot of different kind of fish. And if we're going to truly be the church of God, we have to have diversity. We have to have multiculturalism. That is right. Come on. Amen. Yes,
1: sir. And amen. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotta make things run your way for your culture yes, to dominate. Right. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. We want
0: everybody's culture to shine. Yes. We can read and yes. celebrate our, our multicultural day. And we want everybody, by the way, Brother Scott, you preaching 9 a.m. service multicultural day. And we want everybody's, we want everybody's culture to shine bright. Yes. Yes. I want to learn about different cultures. I told, I told my kids this and my families a long time ago. I mastered who I am. And if all I want to be is who I am, I'm done growing. Did you get that? I know who I am. I know how I was raised. I know who I am. I know that very well. And if all I know is that, I'm in trouble. I need to know somebody else. I need to understand a different culture. I need to understand different kind of behaviors. I want to understand all of it, not just about me. All right. I guess it's time for me to stop. Oh, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Time stop. Jesus is no respecter of persons. And we should not be respecter of persons. We need to work with one another. We need to do everything that we can for the kingdom. I said this the other day. I said this to my wife the other day because, you know, I get a little crazy. I said, listen. I'm human, mm-hmm. and I know I got certain things that's wrong with me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I said, but one thing I will never allow
1: mm-hmm.
0: is to let anything that I see or anything that I don't like to get in the way of me doing what God wants.
1: Amen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you that right now. And so, brother Izzy, if if, if I was one of those people that just you know, eh, I like Izzy, and I kind of avoid you and avoid you and avoid you. Yeah. And then God, one day say, I want you to go to Izzy, uh-huh. and I want you to invite Izzy out to lunch, and I want you and Izzy to just kick it and learn who Izzy is. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to do?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just what he says. <laughs> Some people, Izzy, they still won't try to pass you. Praise uh-huh. well, uh-huh.
1: God,
0: <laughs> You know? They, they they still not talking. they still not coming over by you. Because... They just can't get past whatever it is that they can't get past. We can't, we, we can't allow that to happen. Whatever God tells us to do, we better do it, regardless of what we think. Mm, yes, sir. Jo- Jesus is calling all who will hear, follow me. Mm. Will you hear it, follow me. Mm. Next week, we'll talk about this, and you don't want to miss next week this. That will be my final lesson in this to call. But I'm telling you, invite somebody next week. We'll talk about the purpose behind every call. Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh. your call, a lot of people don't understand this, and we get it confused when we're talking about it. Um, your purpose is, is is secondary. Your call is first. Mm-hmm. Yes. He called everybody. Amen. And only who answered the call get to fulfill their purpose. Amen. So people to like, that, I know my purpose in God. Oh, slow down. Answer the call first. <laughs> answer the call first. He's calling yeah. you. And so he calls you to get you saved. Yeah. He calls you to disciple yeah. you. Yeah. He calls you to prepare you and equip you for the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Some people want to get to the purpose and never respond to the call. It's impossible. Don't work that way. Yeah. You can't get to your purpose and never answer the call. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo, that one's yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Invite somebody out Saturday. It's going to be an amazing day. I got to tell you this. The Lord is taking us through this for us. He won't allow us to just have an easy way of this. He wants us to learn some lessons, He wants us to have understanding of each other, the kingdom. Uh, So how he's doing with us for him to establish this church, give us a new building. All of what we're doing is the plan of the Lord because he wants to use the principles, this journey. He wants to do something in us and through us. And so that's why he's choosing this way of doing it. As I mentioned to you before, there are some people, you know, uh, they'll look up one day. And they'll get a check in the mail for $1.7 million. Maybe that will happen to us eventually, but he's going to do it on the back end. He's going to let us go through all of these protocols, these principles that we need to learn. Because I just believe that for so long, I got to tell you, church, for so long, I don't want to speak disparagingly about any church, and I'm not. Well, what, what, I, what I'm trying to tell you is the church that decide they're going to really do it because they're going to be a kingdom-minded church. The church that decide that this is not my church. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church that decides that we have nothing to gain from what we're doing. We're just being obedient to God. And i got to be honest with you. I don't see a lot of churches that function that way. A lot of churches, they do wonderful things, and they do great things. But, but I don't know if I see enough churches that is like, this is the kingdom of God, and we're serving the Lord. We have no agenda. We're just doing what God wants. That's the kind of church I want this church to be.
1: Amen.
0: And I think the reason why God has taken us through what he's taking us through is to continue to let us understand that that we're going to understand that this is God's church. We are his body. This is about his kingdom. It's not about us. And we're going to do something that we will be able to establish a legacy that hopefully if the Lord come back, you know, longer than we think he, if he takes longer, we will have left a legacy here in Hamilton and all the surrounding areas. Because I believe God will send preachers out of here to start churches. I believe God will send missionaries across the world to start churches. So we're going to start something that will be an example. That will be something that people will say, now that's something...
1: Difference.
0: You won't be able to look at me and and say, yeah, it, you know, it was all about you know him doing you know being famous or you know you know whatever the case, the, the case may be. It I just want christ the church to be all about Jesus. This is why this is why the name of this Christ-centered church. I want to be all about Jesus, nothing about us. Nothing about us. I want us to be hidden that we can barely be seen, that people only experience the power of God when they come around, and whatever God has for them, they will get it, and whoever God uses here to minister to them, they won't even recognize us. They will just know there's something about that church, what God is doing in that church, and that's what we want. And we want to yes. leave that kind of legacy behind yes. that we can really know that we did God's will. So when we stand before him, yes. he will say, enter, thou good and faithful servant. Because yes. yes. that's how we need to look at it. We can't look yes. at it any other way. We can't go into that building thinking about the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got 17,000 square foot. I mean, you got to see our building, man. It's top notch. Because yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. for me, I'm only about the next thing. Uh, well, well, once this is done, okay, Lord, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Until the Lord takes me home, what's the next thing? I'll have time to celebrate what we have. When I get to heaven, we'll be joyous and we will rejoice on the street of gold. But right now, God, what's the next thing? I'll rejoice in everything that we're doing, but what's the next thing? It's not that We don't need to be worried about how glorious. Look at us, look what we're doing. Look what we're doing. No, we want to say, look what the Lord has done. And finally, I heard it today, and I refuse to let the world's thinking outdo us or them steal something from us and do it better than us. Uh-huh. And here is something that I always steal and, and that I heard to them. It's like, here we go again. I heard normal worldly people says, uh-huh. the door opened for me. I was the first one in my family that this door opened for And while I have access to this open door, I want to force it open so much wider so others can get the opportunity that they couldn't get. I want to be able to provide, this is worldly people talking, I want to be able to provide an opportunity for others that they otherwise would not have received. But because I'm in a position to do something about it, they're able, this is what the world is thinking. That is not good that they can think like that, and Christians are not thinking like that. And so I refuse to be a pastor, and I hope you refuse to be a saint of God, that God show you favor, and you don't show it to somebody else so they can make it in, so their life will be blessed, so they can have success. we got to do life that way, where somebody else will be blessed and have great success. I will be disappointed if I don't see other men raise up, other women raise up to do great things for Christ. And I will be so disappointed if we have a congregation and I can't look back after a certain amount of time and see other churches started and see missionaries and see apostles and see evangelists. I would be so hurt yeah. if this church goes on for a while and I don't see many young people and men and women of God that have been raised up to go do great. I would be so hurt. Because there's no way the world should be able to think like that, that they're going to make sure they're going to make a way because there's people that's counting on them because nobody in their family has ever been able to do this And so when they go forward, they'll be able to bring some people along. How in the world can the world think like that? And they're not gaining anything from that. or Or whatever they gain is temporary. And here we are have the kingdom of God at hand that we can teach people and we have the keys to the kingdom and we're not thinking like that? This of men. We have to start thinking like that. You have to say to yourself, if I don't help somebody be blessed, if I don't have help somebody experience success, then what did I accomplish? What did I accomplish if I didn't help somebody's life to be better off? What did I accomplish if somebody didn't become somebody in God? What did
1: I accomplish?
0: That need to keep you up at night. And for this church, that's going to keep me up at night. I'm not going to force it, but I'm certainly going to make sure I talk about it. People need to be raised up out of this church to do great things for God. We need to be able to say, this church... We weren't selfish. We made, we made a difference in other people's life. And whatever success we experienced in God, we were able to help others have success in their life. That's what will please God. But if all we can show for it is, oh, my life was pretty good, and that's it, it wasn't a success. It wasn't a success. So let's be successful by doing what God wants us to do and that is be fishers of men. Because when we're fishers of men, we're going to make somebody's life better. Somebody's going to be successful. Somebody's going to reap some great benefits in the kingdom. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for just loving us and for allowing us, Lord God, to play the part that you have called us to play in the kingdom, in the body of Christ. Lord, I pray that every word that's been spoken here tonight under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, it will go into our heart, it will take root and begin to grow and produce good fruit. For Lord, it is your will we want done. It is your kingdom we want to come. And oh God, we want to be a people that are Christ-centered and not self-centered. We want to see the kingdom of God flourish here in Hamilton Square and all the surroundings. Lord God, in all the counties in New Jersey, we want to see the will of God be done, Lord. We want to be a people, Lord God, that is in the building of like.